Welcome back to another episode drop. I know I haven't done this for a few weeks, so I just wanted to touch base with you guys and say thank you so much. We hit 20,000 downloads. I, I'm speechless. It, it's crazy to think that seven months ago I started this and here we are 20,000 downloads later. So without you, without the listener, without the follower, thank you. With that being said, don't forget to get yourself entered in for $25. All you have to do is send me an email, say, hey, I'm listening. Thank you. I'll give that away by the end of the month. For those of you who have entered, thank you for participating. For those of you who are going to enter, just send me an email, jerryroompodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to go check out Cussing Candles. You could use Jury Room jury room to get 15% off your order when 15% of the proceeds are going to the national center, the national center for missing and exploited children. So definitely be a part of that. I'm super, super thankful for this campaign. It ends at the end of the month. Make sure you guys get your candle as well as supporting a good cause. Other than that, Today's episode comes from Have You Seen It? You guys have heard her from the Jury Room Aftermath, the Casey Anthony first episode. Maggie does a wonderful job. I am seriously such a huge fan of hers. She she gives history. She talks about the episode. She's easy to listen to. She just She just does a great job. So Maggie, thank you. Go show her some support. Show her podcast the love that you guys have shown me. So thank you. Reach out to me, jerryroompodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to go like, subscribe, follow, leave a review. Leaving a review is free. If you want to support the podcast, you can support me on buying me a coffee. You can go to my Patreon. But thank you for the support that you have already shown. Make sure you go check out the podcast and any podcast for that matter that I play their trailer. They're so well deserving of being built up and just being a part of the community so with that said don't forget to check out the oracle network stay tuned i have a very exciting youtube channel coming up that i'm working on i'm starting a film so i'm very very excited about that there's going to be more true crime content from me other than that thanks for your support thanks for what you guys do like subscribe follow leave a review listen anywhere you can and as always, stay safe and thanks for listening. Hello, listeners. For the Victim Podcast is changing our look and our name, but the content of our stories will not change. I'm hoping that by working to put monsters like you away, I might be able to stop the nightmares and start healing. Keep listening because our new show, True Crime Dark Injustice, will continue to dig deep into the darkest parts of lesser known true crime stories. You made a critical mistake. You underestimated the mind, power, and will of your victims. While we were mentally strong enough to endure your countless hours of abuse, strong enough to endure the pain of keeping your secret, we were ultimately strong enough to take you down. Not one by one, but by an army of survivors. We are Jade Doe's no more.
The objective remains the same, to explore whether justice was truly served and whether the crime could have been prevented. We are committed to sharing these dark and harrowing stories in remembrance for the victim. Do you remember me screaming at the top of my lungs and you yelling and screaming at us that you had a gun and you would shoot us? You remember me flinging my body on top of my startled husband to protect him from you? Do you remember tying our hands and feet so tight with many of our own shoelaces, our hands and feet were numb for many, many, many weeks afterwards. You can find True Crime Dark and Justice everywhere you get your podcasts. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to the jury room where we dissect some of the most heinous, some of the most unthinkable, and some of the most monstrous crimes to ever scar the earth. From cannibalistic serial killers to decades-old unsolved mysteries, these stories are sinister enough to keep you up at night. Hello and welcome back to Have You Seen It? I'm Maggie, and in this episode, I have a drama from Russia to tell you about. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, so this week's show was suggested to me by my mom, and it is the Russian show To The Lake. Its title in Russian is Epidemia, and it means epidemic. It came out in 2019, and it is a 1-2-3 Productions production. There is one season with eight episodes, and they're all about 50 minutes long. It first premiered on the Russian platform Premiere, and then about a year later, it was released on Netflix. And it's based on the book Vano Gozera by Jana Wagner. This show takes place mainly while the characters are on the road. They start in and around Moscow, then they make their way up to Lake Vanagozera, which is located in the Republic of Karelia, which is a republic in Russia. It is part of the Northwestern Federal District, which is in the Northern Europe part of Russia. If you remember from episode 34, when I talked about the Russian show Sparta, Russia is a transcontinental country in Eastern Europe and Northern Asia. So this show is located in the Western part of the country. I'll put the map up, of course, so you can see, make it all a little bit clearer for you. But like I was saying, this show takes place primarily while they are making their way up to the lake. And that car ride, depending on which route you take, can be either 17 hours or 19 hours. And for those that didn't listen to episode 34 and have no idea where in the world Russia is located, like I said, it is a transcontinental country in Eastern Europe and Northern Asia, and it's bordered by Norway, Finland, Estonia, Latvia, Belarus, and Ukraine to the west, Georgia, Azerbaijan, Kazakhstan, China, Mongolia, and North Korea to the south, and it is separated from Japan by the Sea of Japan and from the United States by the Bering Strait to the east. 
For shows that take place close by, I don't know which one takes place the closest because the Ukrainian show The Sniffer takes place in an unnamed city in Russia. So if it takes place in Moscow, then it's the closest. But if it takes place in another city like Yekaterinburg, which I don't think it does. I think it takes place in Moscow. They just don't say it. But if it does take place in Yekaterinburg, then the Russian show Sparta, which takes place in St. Petersburg, takes place closer. And the other show that takes place nearby is the Finnish show Deadwind that takes place in Helsinki, Finland. Some fun facts about Russia are the longest railway in the world is located in Russia. The Trans-Siberian Railway starts in Moscow and ends in Vladivostok. It is 9,198 kilometers long. That is 5,778 miles and it would take you 152 hours, 27 minutes to ride it from one end to the other. It is considered bad luck in Russia to give someone an even number of flowers, so make sure you give them a baker's dozen. Another bad omen is to shake hands over a doorway. I don't know why. If you're a fan of the game Tetris, you can thank the Russians. I personally love Tetris. It was invented in 1984, when it was still the USSR, by Alexei Pazitnov. The famous Russian wooden doll, the Matryoshka, was inspired from the Russian Daruma doll. The artist who designed the look of Matryoshka was given a Daruma doll before coming up with the design and was inspired by the look of it. And the Daruma doll has eight other dolls inside of it as well. So it's not as Russian as one would think. 60% of Russia is forest and almost half of that 60% is completely uninhabited by humans. And finally, Russians are taught not to smile in school. This is why they come off as so cold and unfriendly. And I'm going to be honest, that fact doesn't seem real, but it was a couple of websites that mentioned it. So that's why I said it. But if it's wrong, please let me know, because it doesn't sound real that they literally were taught in school to not smile. I mean, it kind of makes sense, but also like, why? They speak Russian in this show, and the audio alternatives available are English, Spanish, Polish, Brazilian, Portuguese, and there is an audio description option available in Russian. Subtitles are available in English, closed caption English, simplified Chinese, traditional Chinese, Spanish, and closed caption Russian. This show is rated TVMA. The disclaimers that Netflix gives for the show are nudity, language, and smoking. There are sex scenes in the show as well as an attempted rape, so just be aware of those if you do watch this show. The links to all the websites where I got the information for this show, the fun facts, and any other information that I did not use my memory for are going to be linked in the description of this episode as well as in the caption for the post that I made for the show on Instagram. So before I jump into the first promo, I usually just go straight into it. I wanted to mention that I joined Kevin on his Aftermath reaction episode about Casey Anthony Part 1. That episode for Casey Anthony Part 1 is up, so you should definitely go check it out. I'm not sure 100% when our episode will be out. I think it will be out Saturday, but I will, of course, tweet it and let you guys know. So definitely go and check out that episode when it's up, and make sure you check out The Jury Room. And here is Kevin's promo for that podcast. Hi, welcome to The Jury Room, a true crime podcast. My name is Kevin, and I will be your host on this journey. We will be covering some of the most heinous, some of the most unthinkable, 
and some of the most monstrous crimes to ever be committed against humanity. We will be covering cannibalistic serial killers, decades-old unsolved mysteries, cold cases, missing person cases, and everything in between. The Jury Room Podcast is available on most major podcasting platforms. Please make sure you go subscribe and leave a review. Okay, so the cast for this show is pretty small. After the episode two weeks ago with all of the different cast members that show had, I don't know about you, but I needed a show with only like 10 people that you have to remember. Because sometimes it take it's a lot having to remember like 30 people. And these 10 people here are pretty straightforward. So there are two main people that I'm going to focus the rest of them around, Sergei and Lyona. First, Sergei, he is played by Karil Karol. He has one son, Anton, who's played by Savili Kudryshov, with his ex-wife, Arina, who's played by Mariana Spivak. And Sergei is in a relationship with Anna, who's played by Victoria Isakawa. Anna has a son of her own, Misha, who's played by Ilda Kalimulin. And the final member of Sergei's family we meet is his father, Boris, who is played by Yuri Kuznetsov. Now for Lyona, he is played by Alexander Rabak. He has a daughter, Polina, who's played by Victoria Agalakava, and another child on the way with his fiancée, Marina, who's played by Natalia Ziemseva. And the final character that I will mention is Pavil, who is an EMT that we meet along the way. I'm not going to give you any more information other than that, but he's played by Alexander Yitzentka. Like I said, it's pretty straightforward. Their pictures will be up on Instagram for you if you want to see what they look like. And obviously, I'm going to talk a little bit more about them in a minute when I go over the plot. But those are really the only characters that play a significant role in the show. And they're together, like, almost, I'd say, like, 80% of the show. So it's kind of, it's real easy to, to follow along with who's who. The description that Netflix gives for the show is facing the end of civilization when a terrifying plague strikes... A group risks their lives, loves, and humanity in a brutal struggle to survive. I'm not gonna lie, watching this show in the middle of a global pandemic was a bit spooky. It was a lot. Like I mentioned at the beginning, this show came out before COVID-19, and the book that it's based on came out in 2011. But I think watching this show, knowing and feeling how scared they are about this plague makes it hit a little bit different than it would have had we not lived during a pandemic that spreads and kills people as quickly as the plague in this show does. And the fact that there are so many questions about what caused it, how to treat it, how to stop it from spreading, and how to keep you and your loved ones safe is something we all know and can relate to, makes it kind of hard at times to get through because imagining what it's like to be that scared or imagining what it's like to have to quarantine and all of that is completely different than knowing what it feels like you know like so this show is it's, it's a little heavy at times so do be aware of that before you start it but the show opens up with some aerial shots of the snowy mountains and then we see a man dressed in like animal furs like it's like the 1800s or something and it's like weirdly right on his face like you I don't think you could get any closer on his face, but you can see his eyes and it's kind of creepy. Like there's obviously something not right with him, but we see that he's struggling to walk upright and then he falls over and we see that he's coughing up blood 
And then we see his whole face. He just doesn't look good. On top of just being dirty, he has blood on his face and his eyes are bloodshot. And they have like a foggy film over them. And he crawls to a stream, spits out a thick black substance, and then the water goes red. Right, so we can assume that he probably died in this stream. And then we see Anna shoot up out of bed and Sergei comforts her and he gets a phone call from Irina, but he ignores it. And then she texts him and he tells Anna that he has to go to work. And I don't know if he's hiding the fact that he's going to see his son from Anna or he's implying that dealing with Irina is a lot of work. But then we see him at a park with his son, Anton. They have these GoPros on helmets or something, and they're running around going down slides. They look like they're having so much fun. And Irina's mother is there, and they're talking about how Sergei wants to take Anton for even just a weekend, but Irina won't allow it. And then we meet Irina. She walks up. She scolds Sergei for pushing Anton on a swing and the fact that his jacket isn't zipped up all the way. And she cuts their time together off early. I think, I don't know how much more time they're supposed to have, but she's like, this is it. We're done. So they go to Sergei's car. And when they're at Sergei's car, Anton sees a drone that Sergei bought for Anna's son, Misha. And Irina is like, your dad bought that for another boy. I told you, he has a whole new family. And right away, we see that Irina hates Sergei and is 100% trying to ruin the relationship he has with his son. There's a reason she hates him. You find out why she hates him. But I personally don't think ruining her son's relationship with his father is fair to her son. Like, her son misses him and in no way is at fault for what Sergei did. Like, I get you're trying to hurt Sergei, but by you trying to hurt Sergei, you're hurting Anton. You know what I mean? Like, it's not fair. But while Sergei and Irina are arguing, there's a bit of a commotion at the park, and Irina's mother goes over and says that she's a doctor, and she goes to help a man on the ground who has blood around his mouth and the same cloudy eyes as the guy we saw in the opening seconds. We then meet Lyona, and we see him arriving at a detox center, and he is there to pick up his daughter Polina, who is there for alcohol abuse. And he has to pay an extra 52,902 rubles, which is about 705 US dollars, for damages that Polina caused to furniture, dishes, and a window that she broke. And the nurse is like, oh, but don't worry, that was all at the beginning, your daughter's fine now. Paulina, meanwhile, is in the bathroom replacing orange juice with some alcohol that she hid in the bathroom, lighting a cigarette, blowing the smoke from the cigarette onto the fire alarm, and then putting the cigarette out on the fire alarm. She then clogs the toilet with both the vodka bottle and toilet paper, takes an aerosol can and a lighter, uses it to melt the fire alarm, and then set the toilet paper on the ground on fire, which then makes the toilet paper surrounding the toilet catch fire as well, And then after she comes out of the bathroom and the nurse removes her ankle monitor, she kicks a glass bowl of oranges off the table, shattering it against the wall. So, yeah, she's doing great. But while Paulina and her father are in the car, Lyona is asking her, like, what what she wants. Like, what does she want from him? He's going through the list of everything that she has that he's given her when he almost hits a woman who's crossing the street. And when this woman looks at the car we see that her eyes are cloudy as well. And it almost looks like she doesn't have any eyes, so it's kind of a little spooky. So at this point, almost all of the main characters have encountered this plague 
without knowing what it is, right? So the guy at the park and this old woman crossing the street. The first time we meet Misha, who again is Anna's son, he's flying his drone with Sergey, and Misha has Asperger's and we see the way that different people treat him and none of them are mean about it. It's just not everyone treats him the way that his mother does. And good or bad, that will be for you to decide, but that is part of Misha's storyline. We also see the relationship between Sergei and Lyona, and to say that Sergei and Anna don't like Lyona is a bit of an understatement. Lyona is a bit of an asshole at times, and at times, a lot of the time, and he can be a lot to handle. But he asks Sergei if he and Anna want to come over for dinner, and Sergei really doesn't want to, but they do end up going. I don't really know why, like, Anna definitely doesn't want to go. She hates the guy, but they end up going to Lyona's house. But when they get back from this dinner, and there's some stuff that is said at this dinner that is quite interesting. It's not just like a quick shop. But when they get back from this dinner, we see the news coverage about the virus and the question of how does this virus differ from the regular flu virus is asked. Sound familiar? And the answer also sounds familiar. It spreads faster and affects the lungs. But the virus in the show also affects the color of the iris in the eyes and causes you to cough up blood. And the news anchor then says, there are just a few local outbreaks and the situation is under control. That also sounds familiar, at least here in the United States. And as she's saying that there are only 200 confirmed cases, the virologist is sitting there shaking his head and he interrupts her and he says that the figures are nonsense and asks her why she's misinforming the people and then he says that Moscow alone has over 2,000 cases. And then it goes to a commercial about some tablet that they'll help with headaches and coughs. It'll make you feel better. It felt very American, that scene. But the next day at Arina's work, we see some people wearing masks. Again, very familiar. I do want to say that when I wrote this episode, I did so around the one-year anniversary of the outbreak of COVID-19 here in the United States and rethinking of how everything that happens in the beginning of this show is basically exactly how our government at the time handled COVID-19 and how they tried to downplay the virus, make it seem like it isn't as bad as it was, pretend that it wasn't real. Like, it's still so infuriating that that's how it was handled. But Irina's at work and she goes to the bathroom to splash her face with water. She's a bit overwhelmed. I don't know if it's necessarily the virus that's overwhelming her, if it's everything with Sergey that's overwhelming her, but while she's in there, she hears a woman in one of the stalls, and she smartly uses a paper towel to cover her mouth, because when she opens the door to try to help the woman, she sees that the woman is dead, with blood dripping out of her mouth and cloudy eyes. And Irina runs out of work. Her boss is like, where are you going? And she's like, peace. And I don't blame her, because... I probably would have left whatever I had with me at my desk and would have just headed for the exit. But that's where I'm going to leave it because after she leaves work, it's when shit really hits the fan and it gets real intense. So the first goal is to get out of Moscow, right? Now, Arina and Anton are in Moscow. Sergei and everybody else, they're outside of Moscow. So Sergei needs to go into the city to get his son and his ex-wife and get out. The problem is, is that there's a roadblock 
So he has to figure out a way to sneak into the city so that they can sneak out of the city. It gets real interesting real fast, and that's just the first hurdle. Along the way, the things they have to deal with are a lot. One of them is whether or not they can trust each other, and if they can trust the new people that join their journey along the way. And like, I understand that, like, can I trust you? Because I've had to work throughout this entire pandemic, like I've had to go into work, and I've had to trust that the guys I work with are taking everything as seriously as I do, and I know that they don't all, so it's like I have to almost make up for that difference of making sure that I'm extra careful cleaning wherever I work, whatever I touch. So that trust issue of like, can I trust that you're taking this as seriously as I am? I think we can all, well, those of us that have been taking it seriously can feel them on that. There really is a lot that happens in the show, and my opinions of each of these characters changes every single episode with every different thing that happens. Ones that I like one episode, I don't like the next. Ones that I don't like do things that make you see that they aren't as bad as you initially thought. And there are some things that happen that you will not see coming, I I absolutely promise you. But like I said, that's where I'm going to leave it. Hopefully I gave you enough to make you interested. Again, I know that it sounds heavy because we've lived through a pandemic. We are living through a pandemic. But I promise you, this show is really, really good. And before I get to my likes and dislikes, here's a promo for my friends up in Canada, Jack, Jake, and Joe, and their podcast, the See What Sticks podcast. Do you have an insatiable craving for a sweet, sweet podcast where you can listen to discussion on everything from music, TV and games, to politics, space, sports, and so much more. Do you like off-the-wall conversations and the most amazing segments with just the right amount of crazy? Well, you're in luck. Welcome to the place where three cool cats from Canada... Throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. Send us your thoughts and comments on our social media pages. And be sure to hit that like or follow button. Check us out at our website at www.seewhatsticks.net and give us suggestions for content you want us to discuss on the show. And any ideas you have for lightning round trivia. What's weird in the world today? And would you rather? Until next time, Splat Nation. Okay, so before I get to my likes and dislikes, I do want to say that it is raining really hard outside right now. Um, This is the only time I get to record, so if that, if you hear it at all, I don't know if you will with the music playing underneath, but just in case you hear any of that, I do apologize. But for my likes and dislikes, I really enjoyed this show. It was so easy to watch. And it kept me intrigued the entire time. I don't usually do shows like this. I thought it was going to be like a zombie-like show. I'm not really into zombie stuff, but they're not zombies. So the plague is not a zombie plague. But I I thought it had funny moments and had really sad moments. I thought the acting was really, really good. The storyline was really good. Like, I really don't have anything negative to say about it, to be honest. I wasn't the biggest fan of the dynamic between Misha and Polina. I don't really know. I mean, definitely not at first. Like, I definitely was, like, absolutely against it at first. Towards the end, 
I don't, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it at the end of the show, but I really didn't like it at the beginning. The ending of the season was pretty confusing, but there is going to be a second season, so hopefully they answer the big question that we're left with. But overall, I really liked it. I thought it was shot beautifully. Most of the show as well, they're on the trip up to the lake, and some of the scenery is just absolutely beautiful. Like I said, it is heavy at times. There's one scene in particular when they're in the cars on the radio that I was bawling my eyes out at work. But if you guys do watch this show, let me know what you liked, what you didn't like about it. I'm always interested to hear. Next is things that stood out. And this week there were a couple of things that I noticed. The first thing was winter gas. I've never heard that term before. I feel like someone is gonna be like, um, we have that here too, but I've only heard of regular and diesel. And when they mentioned winter gas, I was confused. I guess the difference is the rate at which it evaporates. I don't know, I read an article about it, but that was like the only thing I understood from the whole thing. So if you know exactly what the difference between winter gas and regular gases can you let me know because it was really confusing that article another thing that stood out was the funeral traditions that they mentioned in the show we don't actually get to see a traditional russian orthodox funeral service because of everything that is happening in the show but they do mention that they will bury one of the guys that dies in three days according to tradition Online, it says that traditionally the person that passed away is laid out in their home for three days. This is when people come and pay their respects. I know in my life, unfortunately, I've had my fair share of wakes and funerals that I've gone to. And the amount of time between the day the person dies and the day they're buried has varied. And a lot of them have been around three days. But I also think that there have been times where it's been more than three days. Like it's not a strict three days is what we have to wait especially if they have the wake over two nights. But according to what I read online, the tradition of being buried three days is followed pretty strictly in most places in Russia. So I'm not 100% sure. Again, if you know for sure, then definitely let me know. The last thing that stood out was a wedding that we see. Again, it's not the traditional wedding because of everything that's going on. And I don't want to tell you too much about it because it does involve a spoiler, pretty big spoiler or two and again it wasn't a full ceremony but it was definitely different from the weddings that I've been to kind of like what they say how they move and stuff like that but just be aware when you watch the show for that scene if you guys do give the show a chance and let me know what stood out to you that was either different from how things are done in the country that you live in or if you were surprised to see that they do things the same next is my favorite part words and phrases this week unfortunately I only have two the first one is zarasa, and it means infection, and the other word is suka, and it means bitch. Two pretty easy words to say and to remember, zarasa and suka. I will post them on Instagram so you can see them written out. They're written in the Russian alphabet, so I'm not going to spell them to you right now because it would be like 3-A-P-A-3-A, and that doesn't make any sense. But if you guys learn any new words or phrases while watching the show, then let me know on Twitter. And we are about to wrap this episode up, but before I do wrap it up, there was one familiar face that I recognized while watching the show, and it was Karel Karo. He plays Sergei in the show, but he was also in the Ukrainian show that I covered in episode 8, The Sniffer. 
He plays the main character in that show. He doesn't have a name. He's just called the Sniffer, like in the credits and everything, or the Nose or something like that. And it was pretty weird seeing him in this show because he's a completely different type of character and seeing him be human and show emotions was just odd. If you've seen that show, The Sniffer, I know my friend Bridget watched it, then you know, he's a very like robot-like type person in that show. I saw the show pop up on my suggested shows recommendation thing on Netflix and I was planning on watching it because I recognized Kirill and I was like, I have to watch it. I just didn't know when I was going to actually sit down and watch it. But when my mom said that she had watched it, it gave me a reason to put it on the top of my list. And I'm glad that I did. If you guys recognize any of the actors from this show, then let me know on either Instagram post that I'll put for the characters or on Twitter. But that's all I have for you guys for the show. Like I said earlier, there is going to be a second season to the show. As far as I've read, everything is ready to go, but they had to delay filming because of COVID and filming should start sometime this year. I, again, I just don't know when. I'm excited for the second season because the way the show ends, oh boy, it needs a second season talk about a cliffhanger there are some big questions that need to be answered as soon as i get any information on a release date then i will let you guys know obviously on instagram if you do watch the show let me know what you thought about it did you like it did you hate it was it too much if you don't watch this show let me know why does it just not interest you at all or are you not mentally or emotionally in the position to watch the show because of how heavy the last year year and a half has been Um, But let me know. Again, I want to thank my mom for suggesting this show. As always, you can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at OfficialHYSI. You can check out the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash OfficialHYSI. And if you have any social suggestions or feedback, you can email me at HaveYouSeenIt1 at gmail.com. And I will see you guys all in two weeks where I will be talking about the drama Agent from South Africa. Have you seen it? Because I have. Thanks for listening, and remember, you never know what's lurking in the shadows, lingering around the corner, walking past your house at night. So watch out, stay safe, and keep listening. This has been The Jury Room.